श्री गुरु वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जय गौ भक्त वृंद की जय गौ प्रेम इवनिंग एवरीवन वेलकम सो लास्ट क्वेश्चंस अगेन दिस इवनिंग एनीबॉडी हैव अ क्वेश्चन दैट्स गुड <laughs> yes. What we were, we tested upon last evening, and then we actually looked up the reference. Um, when we talk about the frame of Krishna's devotees overpowering uh, Krishna's displays of opulence, are those displays of opulence considered? an aspect of yoga maya or is that an aspect of krishna's is it a, a yoga maya aspect of, of of their interchange with with the supreme or is it something directly from him part of his character displaying the dirt in the mouth showing that opulence to mother yasoda is that is that come under the auspices of yoga maya's potency or is that krishna's direct potency well, generally it's uh, thought that yoga maya is is covering for example the aishvarya maya the displays the, the majesty of the godhead for the sake of intimacy hmm? and orchestrating a, a leela of intimacy and um, a sweetness madhurya hmm. um so in the overarching and broader sense she's the kind of the stage hand organizing the the different uh, acts if you will of the leela and um so in a sense i think you could you could say that hmm? um and as people of this world are bewildered about the position of krishna by the influence of mahamaya even if for example they see or hear about his aishvarya or god in general to admit it take it to a broader sense some people say you know i'll believe in god if i see a miracle and some <coughs> people say you know well i can see his miracles kind of a perspective and so with regard to the former person you can say that they're being covered by mahamaya and not able to see god anywhere although god is everywhere hmm? something like that um and then with regard to the leela then yoga maya is thought to be creating a a facilitating krishna's leelas in braj for example and every and everywhere else as well but for, in every respect following like a like a shadow and in that sense bewildering if you will the devotees in a kind of a divine bewilderment whereby they don't think of him as as god but as their um son as may be the case their friend their lover and so forth which he is more than he is anything else hmm? um and then we get into uh, this is kind of the problem you're trying to deal with i think 
is it their prem or is it yoga maya that is causing Krishna be, to be covered? Is it prem a separate entity that's causing uh, even Krishna to be uh, bewildered in a sense and f- forget his godhood to be able to fully play the part, for example, as the son of Mother Yasoda? Hmm? Is it uh, uh, is it Yoga Maya that's that's um, covering her from seeing that he's God, and is it Yoga Maya at times that's showing him to be God, but in which case she's not under the influence <laughs> of. So uh, I, I I think that uh, what the point that Vishwanath's making there is that um, basically that the, the the power of Prem itself in Braj is such, and this is the main point he's making, is that should there be a display of opulence, of godliness on the part of Krishna, it never takes precedence over their sentiments for him like it does in other places. Hmm? Because the prem is not as steeped in Madhurya, the very characteristic, uh, or one of the, I should say, the principal uh, and unique uh, characteristics of Krishna as opposed to any of his avatars. One of them, is, and there's four, is that he's surrounded by prema madhurya, uh, love, it means devotees really, in love with him in a manner that is steeped in prema and sweetness and a uh, human-like relationship is uh, is forged. So in an overarching sense, in a, well, in one sense, Yoga Maya is orchestrating everything, but um, but their prem itself um, is just spoken of by Vishnu. There is a separate power. Hmm. I believe he even uses the word from Yoga Maya that um, doesn't ever allow them, even if, I guess you could say, that she causes Krishna to, uh, some Aishwarya to manifest in the Leela, hmm, for whatever purpose, for, ex- uh, for the purpose of, well, lifting Govardhan Hill. I mean, it's required that Krishna do something extraordinary. So despite that, the praying in the face of that, does not recede uh, the inti- of intimacy. The intimacy does not recede to the background. Hmm? So, hmm, this you can say, whatever Yoga Maya is arranging, even when she arranges for there to be a scene, if you will, in the Leela of Aishvarya in Vrindavan, hmm, as may be appropriate in one sense, let's say, in the Prakat Leela, the manifest Leela to slay a demon. Hmm? It's required. He can't be just an ordinary human in that instance. And the preem of the devotees doesn't allow them to um, uh, suddenly offer prayers to him or something like that. They they would want to help him, or they think typically they think it was said at the time of his the name giving ceremony by Gargamuni that this one Narayan will do wonderful things through this boy. That's their interpretation of what he said. Whenever anything happens that's extraordinary and godly, they think, well, Narayan is doing wonderful things through him. That's cool, but, you know, he's really just one of us, ultimately. And they're right. 
that's the beauty of <laughs> of the Prajlila. He is really just one of them. But who are they? <laughs> that is the question. We say he's just one of them. Hmm? He's nobody, nobody special from any other perspective. Hmm? He's just a village boy like them. They're, that's how they feel, and they're right. But then the question is, as I say, who are they? Hmm? <laughs> that makes them then very extraordinary if we sort that out. So you kind of can't get around his his godhood in, in a sense. It, he doesn't lose his position there. Hmm? Their love is extraordinary, and he corresponds with that. Hmm? What else? Yes. So when Krishna says to the gopis about Padayaham, he basically concludes that, you know, I can't reciprocate with your love the way I said I would in the Gita. But he already knows who he, he knows who he's talking to. He knows that they only ever approached him for love. They never wanted anything from him. So it's kind of like, is he talking to the general Dharma public when he says that? Like, let your love be its own reward. He knows they're not coming to him for rewards. Right? He knows they're the Vrajavasis, the Kopis even. Well, there may be many devotees that aren't coming to him for rewards. Hmm? But still, he can reward them. Hmm? Um, he can reward his Vatsalya Bhaktas in ways that he can't reward his, his the gopis. Hmm? And, you know, they had to give up their families and, and all uh, their, and, uh, to meet with him. Hmm? They had to break those ties. He doesn't have to break his ties with anybody to be the son of Yashoda. Hmm? So there's, in a sense, he can reciprocate. In, if you want to be his friend, he can be your friend. It's, no, it's, not, it's not a problem. Hmm? I mean, in, in a material sense, you have to break ties with friends and everything to be his friend. Hmm? Um, but in the context of the Leela, then... It's not the case, but in the, with regard to the gopis, then they have to they have to cut all the, the, all all bonds and all all relationships risk them, so to speak, and they're exclusively devoted to him, and uh, he's got many other devotees he's got to tend to and so forth. Of course, that might be the case with other devotees as well, but in their case, it's it's. Of course, it's a way of talking about something that transcends language and so forth. It's, it's a way of saying that the nature of their bhav, their, it it's excels hmm? um, and draws from him more than he can um, uh, reciprocate. So, therefore, he honors it. Hmm? And therefore, he says that in that verse that your sadhuness will have to be your reward. Your saintliness will have to be your reward. Or as Sanatan Prabhu has looked at it, um, I'll make, have to make sadhus of you, for you. I'll have to make devotees <coughs> who are devotees of you to make up for my inability to reciprocate. That is a code, covert reference to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. I'll have to become a sadhu like you, hmm? our sadhus, and canvas about the nature of your love and recruit people into your group. That's what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was doing. That's Krishna trying
trying to pay. That's how he's trying to pay back the devotees. And the verse says, "I, even if for a lifetime of Brahma, I couldn't do it." And of course, I rendered it he, every day. Once in a day of Brahma, I, I come. Of course, he comes in every universe, so he can say he's always doing it. <laughs> I'm always I'm always coming as a sadhu, as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, somewhere and recruiting and saying the gopis' love is the highest. They come and if you want to know me, you have to know me through them. Hmm? This is the teaching. We come to that. We haven't talked about it yet, but the, the last part, Sadhushiromani, hmm? the, the, the crown jewel of all attainments, the Prema Vivarta Vilas, this is coming next in a Ramana Sambad, they, uh, and Mahaprabhu will rest there and be satisfied. They didn't tell me how to, he'll ask, how do we attain that? Hmm? And so the way is by following the love of the gopis they know. Hmm? And generally, of course, that is well. It's explained there to be the to, to follow the handmaidens of Radha. This is the, the general idea. Of course, there's a type of sakiras that also follows the gopis, as we know. That uh, gives access to a type of mahabhav, Ruda mahabhav, and Manjari bhav excels to Adi Ruda. Ruda it means like off the map kind of love <laughs> kind of so um, so that's what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is doing he's, he's, he's glorifying the gopis love for him Radha's love for him in particular hmm? it's Krishna dedicated to that and uh, in this way he's trying to repay her for the measure of his, his love hmm? he says I said I could reciprocate for whoever and in whatever way anybody Surrender to me, but the way you've surrendered, what I'm sold out to you, I, you your surrender is more complete. You see, that's the whole thing. Krish, the gopi's perspective, Radha's perspective on Krishna is better than, more complete than Krishna's perspective on himself. She sees something in him that he cannot see. She experiences in him what he alone cannot experience. So, her experience of, of, of his sweetness mm-hmm. exceeds his own experience of that. So, he is a beggar. Mm-hmm. She's got something that he doesn't have. This is the existential crisis of Krishna. I thought I was God. <laughs> and I had everything. Mm-hmm. But I see that there's some. He sees in her. Mm-hmm. He says, "I'm God. Who can? Who? 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 I'm. I'm Rasaraj, hmm? the king of all loving mellows, Rasika Shekhar, hmm? the, uh, the the uh, the Lord of all Rasas. So, Kilarasamrita Murti. So, who, who? I satisfy everybody. Who can satisfy me? If someone is to satisfy me, they'd have to be hundreds of times more attractive than me, and." That's what I find in Radha, that she attracts me. So then he starts to lose his <coughs> his perspective on himself. I thought I was the fountain of love and my position was to satisfy everybody, but I'm finding that someone can satisfy me in, in a way that causes me to long for their their company and and, and feel incomplete without it, hmm? although I'm otherwise thought to be complete and always thought of myself in that way. 
So this is very extraordinary. So he has to explore it, examine it, think it out. Hmm? And in the context of doing that, he realizes that her love drives me mad. But wait a minute. Then he hesitates and says, but the way in which her love drives me mad says that I'm pretty special. Hmm? So <laughs> when she... When, when she, what it speak if she sees me, even if she sees something that vaguely resembles me, like my complexion is dark, if she sees in the moonlight a tamal tree, which is a dark tree, then she embraces it as if it's me. Even something that resembles me drives her mad. That doesn't happen to me, he said. So there is something special about me. Hmm? I thought I was right about that. <laughs> I, I, I am special. Hmm? <laughs> but what it is about me that's special, I don't have direct experience of. Hmm? She has that. Hmm? Therefore, I have to take her position to experience that. Hmm? And, uh, and I have to advocate that if one wants to know me, go to her. Hmm? send you to her department. That's the school of, 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 of rasa there. Hmm? He says in Chaitanya Charitamrita that Ami Shishya Gurun Nata Radhikar Premera Unmata I'm the Sishya, I'm the disciple. And the Prem of Radha is my guru. I'm in her, her school of dance. And uh, her love Primera unmata drives me mad. Hmm? So this is very um, extraordinary hmm? idea, and that's what Chaitanya Vaishnavism is, is about: is distributing, making known, available to the world. This kind of idea, hmm? it's an advocacy of bhakti, and accordingly, its emphasis on Vaishnav seva. Hmm? position of the devotee, in other words, is very extraordinary. Krishna's worshipping the position of the devotee to take it to a broader context. As I say, there's a little bit of Radha in everyone, in every devotee. Radha resembles the full face of bhakti, ladini shakti. And a little bit of ladini shakti comes. So when we get initiated, a little bit is coming. Just a little bit. Hmm? A little some bit, little ladini. This is bhakti. Hmm? And so there's a little Radha in all of us. Then we reach a certain point. Sadhana bhakti is is perfected. We call it bhava bhakti. There's a major, then noticeable hmm, ingress, which has already begun, hmm, of the swarup shakti, the ladini and the samvit, the bliss and the knowing, super knowing and super ecstasy that bhakti is constituted of coming within us. Hmm. Then it takes over the sadaka deha, the mind, the body. Hmm. And the person, that devotee, moves in the world in a, in a different way. Hmm? And um, so, as I say, there's a little bit of Radha in everyone. And his teaching is, therefore, the position of the devotee is very extraordinary. Krishna himself is worshipping the uh, devotee. Prabhupada used to say it simply, in all, all the religions, they're teaching that God is the most worshipable object. We are teaching what is the worshipable object of God. Hmm? So it does kind of turn things on its head. Hmm? And you can see some people get upset with it. 
you're going to cross over Dharma hmm? and violate the Dharma Shastra. This is it's, this religion is is not a religion at all. Hmm? Gorvani was having a discussion with somebody about their uh, he and Dana's book uh, Dana's book really. Uh, uh, some Indian Hindu fellow had really he had a an axe to grind with Gaudi Vaishnavism. That's what it was all about. And he just basically felt, you're destroying Hinduism, these Gaudias. It's just like they thought in Nadia, you know. They're up all night chanting Krishna Nam, you know. Can't they keep it quiet to themselves, you know. If they send it, keep chanting the name like this, it'll lose all its power. Hmm? And uh, and how do they stay up all night? They must be taking some kind of drugs or something as well. And they... And they this was this criticism of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mission right in Navadweep. Hmm? And it really is quite uh, revolutionary in the religious world. Hmm? And especially for him, you see, this is a good example of how he, 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 he's a Hindu, probably a Sri Vaishnav fellow, and they, um, this idea of, of transcending the, the, the Dharma, the, the, the moral codes of the Dharma Shastra, it's, it's not so hard for us to identify with, but people are have identified with it as really vital, essential, central. I mean, even the statements of Krishna in the Gita, like Pichet Sudaracharu Nibak, even if one is Sudarachar, Achar means behavior, Durachar means bad behavior, Sudarachar means very bad behavior. <laughs> even if one has very bad behavior, but he's actually my devotee. Hmm? That should be ignored. And, and, of course, the classic example of that is the gopis themselves. Hmm? They appear to have very bad behavior. Hmm? And they are the worshipable ideal. Of course, it has to be understood properly. It's not an advocacy of, of adultery or something like that. And, uh, and just chant Hare Krishna and uh, sin and come to me. Um, but what it's saying is that there's nothing more purifying than bhakti herself. There's no, nothing else you can go to Hmm? To qualify, how will I qualify myself? Sometimes people ask uh, for initiation. Well, you know, the, what can you do? That good bhakti is going to qualify you. Hmm? If by the influence of bhakti you develop faith in the efficacy of bhakti, then the guru determines, and it may be different for one person or another person, hmm? to give the blessing for for chanting the holy name, for example, to give mantra diksha. And so on. There's nothing else we can do. There's no purse charger that you can do that will, will will purify you more than bhakti can purify you, regardless of what condition you might find yourself in. So this is very much like lends towards anti-nomane kind of thinking. Like the other example in the Christian world would be just like, "Hey, I'm saved. No one's perfect, right? Everyone in this world has sinned." except for Jesus, and so I believe in him, and that's it. And uh, it doesn't matter what I do. Hmm? We don't say that, but you can see where it can like start to sound like that to some people, and, and they can think, you're ruining religion. Hmm? But really what it is, is an, 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 an emphasis on the efficacy of bhakti, the generosity of bhakti, the power of bhakti. Hmm? And, um, and how... Rather than anyone can qualify themselves for bhakti, bhakti can qualify anyone. Hmm? And then we should look and see that 
that that's actually happening. Hmm? And then they will become a, you know, a righteous person and so forth. And, uh, and of course, there may be some instance in which, for bhakti's sake, something has to be crossed over that otherwise would, would not be done. And we wouldn't hesitate to do that. Hmm? This is the idea. <coughs> and neither do we come under all, all the moral rules. Uh, for example, their purpose is, is served hmm? by one who's striving directly to love Krishna. It's, 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 you can't, if you can't follow the moral rules, then what? Hmm? But you can chant. Hmm? Then, you know, the, the chanting and loving Krishna is not what's talked about in the Dharma Shastras. Hmm? There is the worship of Vishnu in Varnashram, but it's very um, motivated. I've given the example in Vrindavan. We were young, and there was quite a village at that time, rather than um, it's built up the way it is now. And so we would go into town. There was one, um, what would you call it, section, one bazaar, Loy Bazaar, it's actually a cloth wool merchant, merchants. And we would buy all of our supplies there, dhotis and cartols, and there were some Murtiwalas who made crowns for deities and jewelry and things like that. So we would go there and shop. And there was naturally some competition for our business. Western devotees bringing money and just throwing it at, at Krishna, you know, for, for Krishna worship, like they had not seen, you know, before. They would go and collect money all year long and come and spend it on the deity and buy jewelry and things and so. They actually wanted our business, and so they would sometimes then, you'd see, they'd put a picture of Prabhupada in the shop. Hmm? And we'd say, look, they love Prabhupada over there. Hmm? Yes, yes, I love Prabhupada. Hmm? Come and shop here. <laughs> <laughs> so this is how the worship of Vishnu is in Varnashram. There's some worship, in, okay, if I worship Vishnu, then I'm going to get some things. If I put Prabhupada's picture here, they're going to come and buy stuff from me. I love Prabhupada, sure. <laughs> So there, and there was some love there, hmm? a little bit. Hmm? When Prabhupada passed from the world, hmm? and then we took him on a palanquin. His, his. We were talking about this last night. His perfected sadhakadeha, sitting on the palanquin for a final darshan. It's, it's customary, final cust- darshan, through the streets of Vrindavan, and all those shopo. By this time, it was the, it was the sons or the grandsons, I think it was the sons by that time, now it's the grandsons, or I know them, you know, three, three generations. Hmm? His father was running the store, then I saw him running the store, now his son is running the store. Hmm? So many shops in Vrindavan. It's an example of how, in, in the, more in the rural India, where that um, tradition, religious tradition, may be, more in place, that the your material life is sorted out. You're going to be a cloth merchant. You're going to sell cartels. You're going to make tulsi beads. Uh, so there's not this stage of adolescence that extends until you're 50. What am I going to do with myself? What will I be? Uh, and all that gets in the way of being able to perhaps be a devotee. So. This is kind of the one side advantage of the 
Varnashram system, what you're going to be, it's all worked out. There may be some rare exceptions, and that's acceptable because they excel in what they do and, and so forth, but generally it's all worked out, and so you don't have to think about that. You just do the work and then balance the time that you would have spent, or people do spend these days thinking about what they're going to do and reinventing themselves and, and so forth is spent, ideally, the ideas for, for, for spiritual life. Of course, that course lacks a, a revolutionary kind of sensibility of taking risk and, and so forth that you find amongst the Westerners. They're ready to take a risk and just go for it. Hmm? Um, so there's a, the advantages on both sides, so to speak. Hmm? Nard says, "Take a risk, but what if, what if I'm not good at it? What if I, what if I slip along the way?" Nard says, "You're better off. You're that far down the road and you slipped. Get up, and go further." Some wave of inspiration came, take it as far as it will carry you. Hmm? If it comes to the shore, then, okay, it may rest, another wave will come, and then go with it, hmm? this idea. Hmm? So, at any rate, in, in Varnashram, there's, there's not much really uh, uh, love for Krishna. It's moral codes, and moral codes are meant to restrain someone who would otherwise be um, immoral and tending towards animalism, hmm? right? The call of the wild, so to speak. We all acknowledge in human society that we should regulate our minds and senses. Everybody, really this is what we talk about in, in the spiritual discipline, but everybody, it's not a foreign idea. Everybody accepts that to a certain extent you have to control your mind and your senses and that you'll be better off by better off by doing so. Hmm? This is not a you know, a new teaching. Everybody lives by this sensibility that if I hadn't overeaten I would have been better off. If I'd have controlled my tongue, I'd have felt better. Hmm? Um, if I you know, if I could my mind could be peaceful, I'd be happier. Um, we we all advocate it in different to different extents in schools and in businesses and 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 if you're if you're too uncontrolled well then you know you're fired or uh, demoted or what may be the case so it's a so we're just honing that principle hmm? that has controlled our minds and, and senses of course we've got a way to do that but this is what the the moral codes are kind of about. Now, if you do that, if you become controlled, civilized, um, and so on and so forth, then, there, then the idea is that there's, there's an opening for you know, pursuing um, something beyond this world. That's why inquiry into Dharma is said to lead inquiry into Brahman. Atato Dharma Jignasu. This is how the Purvimamsa of the... Um, Vedas begin. Now is the time to inquire about religion. When that's done, it said, Atato Brahma Jignasu. Now is the time to inquire about Brahman. One is the time to inquire about how to be a religious human being. And having done that, now it's time to, to inquire about what I am beyond being human. Hmm? So there's thought to be a progression from being religious in orientation and perfectly moral for a hundred lifetimes if you perfectly 
execute all the dharma or the varnashram, it can become a brahma. Hmm? Take birth as a brahma is the idea, the most morally stout person in the world. Hmm? And brahma is thought to go from, after his long life, religious adherence and so forth, to go to the paravyam, go, go to the spiritual world. Hmm? So from Dharma Jignasu to Brahma Jignasu, inquiry into Brahman. Hmm? But here along we come with Rasa Jignasu, inquiry into the nature of Brahman as Rasa. Brahman as Rasa means, means if Brahman as Rasa means Krishna, Krishna is in a Hegelian sense the synthesis. He is the Parabrahma. Hmm? And the, then the antithesis is the one becomes two, Radha Krishna. Hmm? Then the idea that Brahman is rasa, which has the where, the where the most scope for which is in relation to Krishna. Hmm? If we say that Brahman is rasa, then not by any description of Brahman, which is qualityless, formless. Hmm? immovable, and so forth. How is Brahman rasa? When rasa implies movement and interaction and so forth. But amongst the figures, if you will, of the, uh, that are identified with Brahman as God, Krishna would think, well, maybe there's some scope there. But when that thesis that Krishna is, 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 the, is what is spoken of when the Taitariya Upanishad says Brahman is rasa, Hmm? Well, that one then becomes two as Radha and Krishna. This is the antithesis, the one, because Brahman is thought of as singular. Hmm? But then you play it out, if there's to be Radha, it has to be dual. So now the one becomes two. Hmm? So the thesis, Krishna is Rasa and Rasika combined, the taster of Rasa and Rasa combined. But how does it play out hmm? in any meaningful way when one becomes two? Hmm? That's the antithesis. Thesis, antithesis. And what is the synthesis? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? That is the synthesis. And that union is not like Krishna alone. Hmm? Krishna alone means Krishna's, the Sarup Shakti is inherent in Krishna. Hmm? So, in Krishna, there's potential for the idea of Brahman being rasa. Hmm? But the potential is realized when the Sarup Shakti manifests out, this is not something that happens in time, but we have to use language to talk about it. When the Sarup Shakti manifests as Radha, then there's the possibility. And these two now long to become one. Hmm? Not in the way that Krishna is one, singular, but they need to unite in love. Hmm? That is the prema of the Arta Vilas when they when they actually unite and Radha does think she's Krishna and Krishna thinks he's Radha. Then they have another problem. We're still two. Then the two become one in a in a dynamic sense in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This is an extraordinary um synthesis. The synthesis is not the thesis. Hmm? It's 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 a it's a progression. Hmm? Hmm? 
a theistic uh, progression of possibilities and so forth. So these ideas are the ideas that, that, that are behind the whole Chaitanya Vaishnavism. They're very extraordinary. Hmm? They're far beyond inquiry into Brahman, which by comparison seems rather boring. Hmm? And they're far beyond religious um, adherence merely to be a moral person, hmm? morally upright person. Not that that's bad, it's, it's good. Hmm? But if you think that that's the sum and substance of religion, then you might have a hard time with, with, uh, with what religion is meant ultimately to bring you to. And when you see someone who maybe even isn't religious as you, doesn't know the Dharma Shastras, for example, and, but, I mean, who does and who follows all those? If you look at all those rules and let's see who, yeah, who measures up, but it's another thing. But, it, it, but we, for example, come from outside the Varnashram system. So someone who it, it, uh, embraces that as the sum and substance of religion, or as the most as essential part of religious and spiritual culture, and here we're talking about oh, we're you know transcendent to the Dharma. That's a, that's a, we may not be transcendent to the Dharma in our spiritual progress and evolution, but we're connected with an idea hmm, that we're cultivating an ideal hmm, that has generously um, been. We've been gifted. We've been given the opportunity. Hmm? And so, it's both the generosity of bhakti and the power of bhakti. That even if the person is not uh, a strict follower of the religious norms, the bhakti can go to that person. And, of course, it will qualify that person. Hmm? It doesn't mean that person will then start following all the dharma, shastra, necessarily, and so forth. But they, there are certain rules that govern bhakti. So he or she will come under those rules. Hmm? What's favorable for bhakti, they will accept. What's unfavorable for bhakti, they will not. Now, if you do that, then you will be more of a religiously you know, upright uh, person than someone who follows the, the, the dharma shastras uh, perfectly. Brahma will even you know, want your association. Of course, not all brahmas are like our Brahma, but uh, but uh, necessarily. So it's an extraordinary um, dispensation, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and it cuts to the chase and engages people in the pursuit of a supra-transcendental, supra-religious um, ideal. And as I say, it has its own um, structure. Hmm? And there are some, there there are angas of bhakti to accept, and if you look at the angas of bhakti to accept within them, Rupa Goswami lists sixty-four of them. Hmm? Some of them are negatives, some of them are positives. You don't do this in the temple. You know, talking about archan, for example. You don't sit like this. You don't stand like that. You don't wear this color. There are don't do's and there are do's in there. Hmm? You do take shelter of the guru and, and so on. So we have our our uh, do's and don'ts and and, uh, and but we're so we're not just chant and do whatever. That's not like that. Hmm? We come under the the uh, the the governance of what constitutes bhakti and. 
It's a very high standard, really, because we reject what's not favorable. And we, agree, we accept what's favorable, even if they appear the opposite to our minds and senses. As I said last night, if it, if it appears favorable for bhakti to get up early in the morning, for example, whereas it's pleasing to the body to stay asleep, we don't follow the bodily uh, determination of what's good or bad. We follow the bhakti determination. And so you can see by doing, if you really do this, what is the sharanagata? What we're saying is, do sharanagati, then you don't have to do dharma. Hmm? Sarva-dharman puritya-jamami kama-sharanambra. This is the end of the Gita. Forget about dharma. Hmm? I talked about that earlier hmm? to illustrate a type of religious practice for a certain type of person whose eligibility only goes that far. Hmm? But... I've taken you through the whole Gita now, and what's been emphasized throughout is unalloyed bhakti, ananya bhakti. Hmm? And that's what I really want you to do. Hmm? And, and ananya means no other god, so you can't be doing varnashram. Hmm? You have to worship Krishna exclusively. And if you are to worship the gods and goddesses in the context of who they are in relation to Krishna, hmm? or seeing them as partial manifestations of Krishna. You, you can chant the names of Shiva if you think Shiva means auspicious. Krishna's all auspicious. Hare Shiva. <laughs> Shiva Shiva, Om Shivaya. They're all, they're all actually names for Krishna. They're all partial, represent certain qualities of Krishna. Hmm? The gopis worshipped Katyayani to get Krishna as their husband. Hmm? So on the higher end, so, in respect for all the gods, but it's a different, from a different angle of vision than what's advocated in, in Varnashram. Yeah, in Varnashram, they worship Vishnu too. But it's like putting Prabhupada's picture in the, in the shop. You know, worship Vishnu, oh, and you get that? Hey, put him on the altar. And, and what else can we get? Oh, Subramanya will give you this, and Brahma will give you that. Put them there too, you know. Put them all there. There's 33 million of them, you know. Deck the altars out. What, what's happening is you go into those temples and you know a lot of desires going on in here. In the hearts of these people, there's a lot of things. There's, there's, it hasn't been cleaned out yet. Hmm? You have a God for every desire. Hmm? Bhagavatam, Sukadev goes through it also. If you want this, you worship that God in the second canto. He begins to speak. If you want that, you worship this. If you want health, you worship the sun. But, hmm? what did he say? Akama sarvakama va mokshakama udharati tibrena bhakti yogena yajeta purusham param. He concludes that section. But really, here's the teaching. If you want everything, hmm? and the, or if you want nothing, akarma, akama, sarvakama va. Kama means desire. If you have akama, no desire, sarvakama, all desires. Akama, sarvakama, Sarvakama, Moksha Kama, or if you have a desire for liberation, Tivrena Bhakti Yogena Yajeta Purushamparam. Do very intense Bhakti Yoga. Tivrena Bhakti Yogena Yajeta Purushamparam, which is directed at the Param Purusha, Krishna. So what, this is the advocacy. You can get rid of all the gods and, and just put Krishna. Of course, just putting Krishna properly understood means you have to have Radha there too. Hmm? If you look real closely at Krishna, you're going to see 
Oh, there's somebody else there, too. Oh, who's that other figure? Prabhupada writes, I think, in his introduction to the Krishna book. And who is that standing next to Krishna? Who is that girl standing next to Krishna? Doesn't he write something like that? Hmm? Yeah, people may ask. So, of course, this is, this is Krishna's own Sarup Shakti coming out. Hmm? Again, he's looking at her and thinking, what she sees in me? This is a very extraordinary idea. Hmm? But then you look more carefully, you see, oh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, synthesis of the two, and the opportunity. Hmm? And off we go. So, um, by exclusive worship of Krishna, hmm? this is not a criticism of everybody else. Hmm? This is something that if you actually do it, the gods who are petitioned in Varnashram hmm, will worship you. Means all the what people worship all the gods because they have all kinds of desires, and all the gods worship Ananya Bhakta. Hmm? That's the difference. So you tell me I should follow Varnashram. Hmm? Varnashram is following me. If I'm actually Ananya Bhakta. Now I may not be a very good Ananya Bhakta, but this is my my ideal. And Krishna says, if that's his ideal, leave him alone. Hmm, he's good. In due course, harboring that ideal, which will only be possible by keeping sadhusanga, hmm? really, hmm? and he'll become that ideal. Pujapada Sridhar Maharaj used to say, people think it is generous to judge a person not by their past, but by their present. But Mahaprabhu is judging them by their future. What is your ideal? If your ideal is an anyabhakti, hmm, then you're a special person in Krishna's eyes. Hmm? Because how many people care about him like that? Even if your caring is limited, because you're distracted, but still, this is when, the, when it all comes down, you know, you think, this is what I would really wish I would do with myself. I kick myself that I don't, but this is what I really want to do. Hmm? I got distracted again and again and again. This is This is my bottom line, hmm? there's something about that. That we call a kanishta adhikari. Hmm? We, can, we can say, kanishta adhikari is there like this, there like that. That's true. <laughs> but they're also something. Hmm? One time, after Pujapad Sridharmarsh left the world, then Bhakti Pramod Puri Goswami Maharaj, who's left the world now as well, but he, um, his moth, some, some of the students of Sridhar Maharaj went to Puri Maharaj for senior guidance rather than going to Govinda Maharaj, who was the successor of Sridhar Maharaj. They grew up with him and they had some whatever differences with him. and uh, So they, 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 the two moths were having some political clashes. And, uh, and at one point, some of the, the uh, followers of Sridhar Maharaj and his moth who were supporting Govinda Maharaj, they pulled out a statement of Sridhar Maharaj that he had made once. Hmm? I believe I was present then when he made it, or I, I know I heard it on the tape. He said, Puri Maharaj Kanishtadikari. He was thinking of devotees whose particular services exemplified the Kanishta, the Madhyam, the Uttam. He said, to give an example, he said, Puri Maharaj Kanishtadikari. Hmm? 
because Puri Maharaj was involved in all the installations of all the deities. Whenever Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur would say, okay, we'll have a mat there. Mat means a monastery. Hmm? You have to understand something. It's not easy to establish a mat. We're doing it here. <laughs> he established 64 of them. Hmm? We're trying to do three of them. Yeah. It's not easy. 64 mats in India. Hmm? Uh, and they were in different parts of India, not just in Bengal. Hmm? And then he, then, he, then he had so much courage and fortitude, spiritual force and power, Shakti, that go to England and we'll start a mat as well. England was the leading country of the world and it had um, uh, conquered India. You know, it was governing India at the time. So he was very powerful. Hmm? We're all... Um, coming in the wake of his outreach and so forth. So, at any rate, when he would say, we'll have a moth there, then they would install the deity, and Puri Marsh would, would, would oversee the ritual. And deity worship is characterized in the Bhagavatam as, um, where I say that the Kanishta Adhikari, Kanishta Bhakti is described as, what's that, Eva Yam, what's that, Pujam Eva? Hmm. Um, anyway, worship of the deity of Krishna without, the second part is without recognizing the Vaishnava necessarily. Not pretty much obviously recognized the Vaishnava, but because he was uh, known for the deity worship, he said that's an example of, of Kanishtadika. And he said then, Madhyamadikari, he said, Madhav Maharaj, and he gave some, and he said, Uttamadikari, then Swami Maharaj, is how he would refer to Prabhupada, that was his sannyas name. Going all over the world, changing things, and, and uh, so on and so forth. Uh, and so, so they pulled out this quote, you know, out of context, and they said, yeah, well, Sridhar Maharaj, Guru Maharaj said that, Kanish, that, that, that Puri Maharaj is a Kanishtadikari. Hmm? So those people who want to go to him, they want to go to only Kanishtadikari, and they should stay here in Armath and serve Govindamar, something like that. So then uh, that gendered the ears of the members of Puri Marsh's moth, and then they went to Puri Marsh and they said, they are saying that Sri Dharmara said, you are a Kanishtadikari. And they were, like, upset. And then Puri Marsh said, Sri Dharmara said? Sri Dharmara has... He said, oh, a person of such stature has given me Adhikar for bhakti, has acknowledged that I have some, some place in bhakti. And he was folding his hand like this and thinking how, how fortunate he was and so forth. And of course the purport is, Bhuri Maharaj is an Uttam Adhikari who can have so much appreciation for a connection with the bhakti, a real connection with bhakti, what it will mean. I've got a connection. Huh. That's it. I'm, my, my, my life is successful. Hmm? What do you mean it's successful? You're way down here. You have no taste. And that will come. Hmm? It, that's what it means to have to be a Kanishtadikari. I know it will come. So I'm not comfortable to stay exactly where I am, but I know I've come a long way. Hmm? Uh, such, I have faith in bhakti. So if bhakti has accepted me, I'm on the path means adhikar means eligibility, bhagavat means realization. I have this I have some standing in bhakti. Whew. 
I'm not an ordinary person anymore. I'm not just in the flow of the modes of the, wor- of the world. I've come under a different jurisdiction. So fortunate is my um, position. So, uh, of course, that from there we go, that, and you can look from Kanishtadikari to Madhyamadikari, then it's appreci- Kanishtadikari is appreciation of the form of the Lord, and then as we move towards the Madhyamadikari, there's appreciation of the associates of the Lord's form. Then, then qual- qualities also, Leela ultimately. So this is a big step. People, people will want to worship Krishna, but they don't care about Radha. Or they, we think, what is that? Or they want, they don't, you know, they'll come in and give a rupee for worshiping the deity and ignore the class that's going on by a Vaishnav, where you could find out more about Krishna. It's the only reason you're putting something in the box is because the Vaishnav says you should put something in that box over there. That's God. So where is Krishna? In the deity more, or is he in the Vaishnav, who's speaking about and teaching us and informing us about here is the form of God, this is how you should conduct yourself. So you should pay attention there. Hmm? So at any rate, to come under the jurisdiction of, of bhakti is the point. This is uh, an ananya bhakti. It means I, I worship Krishna exclusively. The gods will come and worship that person. Hmm? So, in this sense, we're transcending the Varnashram. We're coming under a different jurisdiction. And if you really follow that, hmm, then and you'll be venerable by advocates of the uh, of, of the of the Varnashram Dharma. It's a different, whole different context. I worship Vishnu, Vishnu Bhakti. It's not like. I worship Vishnu. I put Prophet's picture in the store. I get my, you know, not like that at all. <laughs> hmm? it's, it's very, very, very different. If, if 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 by sadhu sangha you get that that sensibility and this becomes your ideal, hmm? then that ideal you become in due course. And to assure that, all you need to do is keep in a close sadhu sangha. Hmm? That's what you have to do. Then it'll grow gradually. Hmm. So, it sounds like, whoa, you know, just uh, chant and love Krishna and, and uh, do your own thing. But no, it's not like that. When we, when, when we say, we we stepping on the head of the Varnashram and we're, we're, we're going, we're not, we're not caring for that. Hmm. See, such people who think, oh, how can you do that? They don't know what is bhakti. They have never read bhakti rasamrita sindhu. Hmm? And there is no treatise on bhakti that is more comprehensive than this tome. Hmm? I mean, this is people know in Hinduism, Nard bhakti sutras, and that's nice. And some, some things have been drawn from there that are played out by Rupa Goswami in bhakti rasamrita sindhu. But there's no treatise on bhakti. Like Bhakti Rasamrita, this should be known, made known in the world of, of, of those who have acquaintance with bhakti, some sense about bhakti. This is the full idea of bhakti. Hmm? This just drowns everything else out. Hmm? You understand what it is, then you, then you can see. Oh yes, we don't need to care for Varnashram. Hmm? 
And that's not an advocacy of immorality. And that's how they think of it. Because they don't understand Sri Bhakti. They don't understand. You see, this is the contribution of Rupa Goswami and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. When, when, when in Bhagavatam, Nard chastises Vyas. You see the necessity of this now. Nard, why did Nard chastise Vyas? Because he had written all of the texts, but he had not explicitly come out with what is unalloyed bhakti. Hmm? And so people think jnana, karma, dharma, same idea, these, these are the paths, or yoga, and, and a little bhakti in there or something too, you know. But we need a book, he said, it's only about bhakti. So such a book is called Srimad Bhagavatam. Hmm? But it's 18,000 verses and uh, 12 cantos. Um, and it's a Puranic in its structure and nature. And it's hard to sort out, even at the, even at the time, that it was written, what to speak of, of now. Hmm? And so, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was coming to say, you know, emphasize the same, we need a book only about bhakti. <laughs> hmm? It makes it clear what is bhakti. And you, Srup, Samatan, Jiva, this is your task. These are our Shastra Gurus. So they they put this all together, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, this... Uh, Brihat Bhagavatamrita, their commentaries on Bhagavatam. Their books are all like expanding on the Bhagavatam. Everything they're saying, reference to the Bhagavatam, reference to the Bhagavatam. Hmm? Just pulling out everything that's in the Bhagavatam. When he's, without that, you, you won't understand it. Hmm? And there's some kind of bhakti you may do, but you never, 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 never do this Ananya Bhakti of Braj and understand that. Hmm? Hmm. I don't know how we got into that, but <laughs> it was an interesting discussion. Hmm? So this kind of thing, this is what the dispensation of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, that should be celebrated in the world. It's a very um, unique contribution to the religious uh, community. Hmm? And very still, as they say, easily easy to misunderstand. And if we, that's why we need ourselves to be schooled in it, so we know what we're doing. Hmm? We can get in because it's a touchy-feely, you know, let's have a little kirtan and dance, it sounds good. And have some prasadam. And you could pass the book around and say, what does it mean to you, what does it mean to you, what does it mean to you, that's good, you know. But somebody has to come along and say, this is what it means, I don't care what it means to you, this is what it really means. <laughs> we need that. We need that systematic teaching. Hmm? That's what the guru is for. Hmm? Any other question? Jai. Sisi Gaurada Mahadeva Ki Jai. Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Ki Jai. Gaur Premanandi.